we are live. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Nigerian Source and Podcast. I'm your host David, and yes, I have a quick announcement to make. Um, in today's intro, we will not be talking. About, I will not be doing a preview of the weekend matches. I think the reason why the reason why I was doing that was because um, there was little activity in the midweek. But now we have European football back, and there's a lot of activities in the midweek, so we will not be doing a preview of the games this weekend. Now back to uh, what we're talking about. So we're talking about the Champions League draw yesterday. Um, that happened yesterday. Very good draw for Spurs. I mean, <laughs> I'm so happy about it. But there's a measured um, excitement because um, you know, as a sports fan, we've all we've been here. Before. I mean, we had quite an easy group in the Conference League last season, and we still got we knocked out. So everybody's you know like, okay, let's take it one game at a time. <laughs> and it's the same in the league. We'll talk. We'll talk about that. I will talk transfers and um, a sad story of Dele Ali um, moving. The sad story of Dele Ali. Obviously, I learned at Besiktas though, but I will, I will probably talk, I'll talk about Dele Ali. You know, talk about this at length today. So that and a bit on some other miscellaneous stuff, you know. But without further ado, let's delve into this episode. Where do we start? Okay, um, so let's start with the, the first one here. Let's start with the Champions League draw, since that is basically the most um, important news at the moment. So I'll start with the one with Spurs. So Spurs are in Group D. Now, um, the draw was... There's obviously a group of death. Now, which one which one do you think is going to be the group of death? I'm not, not going to do any predictions, of, but I'll just basically just focus a lot more on Spurs today. But I'll talk about the other ones, you know, not in great depth though, but maybe just here and there. Most of the English teams, though, because that's what sort of concerns me. <laughs> I'm saying not concerns me, also, but that's most of the English teams. So, that was Spurs. So, we're in the Group D. Um, we've been drawn with um, Sporting, Sporting Lisbon, Eintracht, Frankfurt, and um, Chiefs. And then um, Olympic Marseille. Now, um, on paper, this is a draw that sports should be. This is a group that sports should be able to win on paper. I mean, if you think about um, the teams, the kind of teams they face, like for example, Sporting, Sporting CP, Sporting Lisbon, um, they lost Bruno Fernandes and they just lost uh, Nunez to Wolves. So basically, those squads have been raided by and even, and even lost Palinia to to Fulham. So it's the squad is not as the same. It's not really the same. Strong. Now on paper, sports should be able to beat these teams. Against Sporting CP, against them, um, Olympic Marseille. There's a bit of um, there's an Arsenal, there's an ex-Arsenal um, um, contingent there, um, in the person of um, Gunduzi. Gunduzi, I think is the ex an ex West Ham. I think who's the other Arsenal player? Was it? I can't remember the other ex Arsenal player. There is Marseille though. But then there is also oh yeah Sanchez. Sanchez is the other person. And then there is ex West Ham player um, in the person of Dimitri Payet. So there's a bit of mini rivalry there. So maybe obviously supposed to have to be on it on their toes and really really take this game seriously. And the other game is Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, well, there's Indica who's supposed to have been linked with, but that's possibly probably the only one. They've lost um, the left wing back or left back, whichever position you play in front of the team you you adopt. Um, oh, the highly rated, I've forgotten his name, man. I, I don't know if his name is escaping me. So um, they've lost him. So he has joined Juventus. So there's a bit, there's a bit of, they're a bit weakened, but like I said, you can't really take anything, anything for, for granted. You really have to be on your toes, whichever one you're going to be facing in the in the Champions League. Well, those are the, the rivalry the teams sports are going to be facing though. And like I said, I when I started, I said, you know, for me, as long as sports play to their maximum potential, 
they will be able to to win this group. Along with their potential, they will win this group. Their maximum potential. But the thing is, we don't know which we're going to be getting every night. The version of sports, we don't know what we're going to get. Are we going to get the version of sports that played against Real Madrid and Petra Madrid 3 1? Are we going to get the version of sports that played against um, um, these guys last year in the conference league against NS Mora? That's one that just, or the one against Lask, you know, the sad, or the one against Namu Zagreb. The sad thing is, the ones we've been more used to are, the, are those ones that I've mentioned, the sad results, more than the good results. The results against um i don't know maybe um more than the good results the good results against real madrid the good results against um um the ajax you know those kind of fixtures those are the ones we, we hardly see <laughs> the one against man city you know that kind of champions league fixture but listen there'll be a lot of comments about you know conti's record in champions league and how you know conti doesn't have a very good record in champions league well that is very true and that's something that's back of everybody's mind coupled with the fact that you know, a lot of sports fans are watching. Because I remember very well in 16-17 season, sports had this quite a similar group. I would like to say similar in the sense in, in in similar in the sense of you know no ex winners. There were no ex if I'm if I'm not mistaken, there were no ex winners in that group in that particular group. Sports were drawn in, so it was a fairly it was a group that sports should be able to win if they had played their potential. Completely the fact that sports were in champions, chasing 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 the league. I think they finished second behind Chelsea that season. So it was it was a season where on paper sports should be able to progress that, but they didn't. You know they struggled throughout that season for some odd reason. Was it? Uh, wasn't it? It wasn't. I think they finished third. Was it that season finished third? I know the Wembley season was the season after White Hart Lane because the one in White Hart Lane they finished second behind Chelsea. Then the next one, I think that was the month they won the league. So like, that was it. So I think that one in that was it. it? So I'm not mistaken. The results. I know sports played in Wembley for two seasons. But anyways, back to what I was it. Anyways, I think I was not making a mistake. I'm missing everything. Well, my point here is, is right. I think it was that 2016. Um, the season when sports were drawn with Monaco, um, Leverkusen, and then um, there was a, was it Olympiacos? If I'm not mistaken. Sports ended up dropping the Europa League and ended up getting not, was it Genk or Ghent? I think it was Genk, one of them in the group. And sports ended up dropping the Europa League, got knocked out by Ghent or Genk, whichever the one. I'm saying. So people are saying, listen, you know, because of Conte's record, you know, normally the because of Conte's record, we're looking at that kind of potentially that kind of um, a result. I don't honestly speaking, I really don't know if that is going to be the case because um, there are two things you have to take into account, right? Yes, you know, if to know the, to know the future, you have to look at the past. The, the past tell you a lot more about how the future will tend to look like. However, you have the you have the ability to rewrite your own history and you know, ignore what people say and just you know write your own history i'll tell you for example that um champions league semi-final right when sports sports got knocked out sports knocked out ajax in that semi-final i mean three nil up three nil down already i mean normally on paper sports should be out looking at the history of sports in this kind of competitions and how they don't but sports found a way and they got through so there are two things there are two factors you can look at here a bit of experience with sports Compared to there's there's Conte's statistical ability yes but even though Conte has that history in Champions League and not not being able to translate into that but there's the also the, there's the the thing about sports having experience in in Champions League the experience factor in Champions League. so if you look at in the sports team currently there's Kane there's Son there is um um that Champions League squad that are going to the, to the finals there is Lucas Moura on the be- Lucas Moura potentially on the bench so there is a um, things that the those are the ones that I know that are possibly remaining from that team that got that final. 
that okay there was there was Dyer and Sanchez although they were on the bench though but those guys were there but you you can't really put those guys as mentally strong players however you don't know how they're like in the dressing room maybe there's a bit of there's a factor of them you know knowing how to go through because they've experienced something like that so my point here is experience so Kane and Son especially experience and then you look at the squad there's Hoybier who has been in the Champions League with Bayern Munich before he has won it with them before or even though he didn't play a part however he has been in that group before in that environment before that's one there's Hoybier there's Perisic with Bayern Munich who actually won it with Bayern Munich there is um um Oh yeah, David was David was even in that squad that that went to that final. So my point here is Loris also bit of common with experience. So my point here, is Kulusevski was at Juventus, even though he didn't Champions League, yes, but you know there's so there's a mixture of experience on you know, knowing we've been there before. Not like they've won it, not not all those days there's some players who have won it there before, but there's that experience of people and there's experience of people who have actually failed at it. So there's a bit of you know we learn from our failures and a bit of people who actually have the experience of winning and like bring the experience of winning together. So there is that factor there. So I'm not really gonna combat it. Yes, it's quite livable to read out and then but this is what this is my analysis on the whole thing. I'm not gonna read anything out. I think it's it's open and I think like I said, I've always maintained that it's supposed to be their potential. They can win that group. They will win that group. It's supposed to be their full potential in every single game. They can win every single team there and win that group. It's supposed to be their potential. Because normally sports are the favorites. They have the better players than everybody else in that group. So that's on paper. But yeah, that's what I'm expecting. But <laughs> it is fun. Something interesting happened. It was Yatsuri who was the um Representing the group was actually pulling out the balls and opening um, opening them and showing the teams in the group. In the so he the, I think it was the the presenters were quite cheeky and this is sometimes all the conversations in social media tend to leak out into the real world where you actually see people in who are two personalities not like they were outrightly pushing the agenda but you know that the reason why they answer this question is because they must have heard or seen this before. So there's this theory going around, you know, you see, Yaturi's uh, agent or former agent, I don't know if it's his agent, is uh, Turkish and he said, you know, Gretler will never win the Champions League ever, you know, um, because um, because um, of African players, you know, and Yaturi, basically, Yaturi, so there was something along those lines, something along those lines. Fast forward. You know, since that, not like fast forward, though, but since that time, there's a, people are like saying since he left Barcelona, he has been struggling to win Champions League. He hasn't, and looking at how Barcelona has been, have been, sorry, Guardiola's teams have been knocked out. You know, I remember the Champions League, was it the one they got to the semi finals and they got knocked out by Real Madrid? Ronaldo's Real Madrid, I think they, they won, the, they, they got knocked out. No, Ronaldo was, Ronaldo was, it was fantastic in that Champions League round, so let's not even, let's not even go there, right? I think they won the leg over, over two legs. Really good counter attacking style from Real Madrid. That's then. Then they were looking at the Ajax at Man City, looking at how he got knocked out by Ajax, and they got knocked out by Spurs, by Liverpool, and then most recently knocked out by Real Madrid in the final again, knocked out by Chelsea. So, so in Chelsea, when he went and made some weird decision in that Champions League, my the point here is this, right? Over the years, you know, there's a bit of you know weird luck on the side of Man City. You know, we got less Man City. So people are saying that quite um, actually cost them, which I know what, right? Listen. I'm somebody who always tries to remove all these things from because even though there's no, like I said I was watching the pod last night we were talking about luck and someone was saying that listen luck is not there's not doesn't really exist as much as people throw me but however psychologically you know telling yourself that this luck this thing exists and this luck it can play psychologically it can work psychologically on you psychologically you know but there's no real proof of you know luck actually playing a fact uh, playing a part in people's 
Um, but however, psychologically thinking that there's something like luck can actually help us something along those lines. But if you look at this on the pitch, you play the game, you do what you have to do, and you do what you have to do, and you get if you want to say luck, sports knocking that Champions League, so knocking that man in that Champions League was um was will I say an element of luck? I mean there was the um that's why sometimes yes yeah, you could argue that your rentis um he touched his um was it his, his lap or his under his arm. He didn't touch his arm though, but he touched his lap and the way he entered the scoring and the goal was a lot. Then the man stays outside Aguero standing in an outside position. So there is all those factors there. There is all those factors. But I don't really know if you want to call that luck because but then again we don't know. Whatever you believe, believe whatever you don't believe, don't believe. The point here is, is Man City got joined a group with um, Dortmund, Copenhagen, um, um, Copenhagen, FC Copenhagen, and um, Camera the last team, which is a fairly easy group of Man City. And people are like saying, "Oh, it's not." It's a fairly easy group of Man City, but it's not really new because Man City have always been joined these kind of groups. I mean, I've never remember the last time Man City have been joined a group of debt. They have. I've not. Remember, I can't remember the last time. I can't remember Man City ever been joined a group of debt. Never. I've never seen that happen before. From, I've never seen that happen before. But then again, they're in Port One, so obviously they won it and. They won the league, so I mean they've been their coefficients, and then so it's not a surprise that they're in part one. But it was really it's one of those things that I would say it's really quite funny to see that people actually held onto this belief for so long. But but listen, it could be, it could not be, whatever. So Manchester joined that group. I think on paper they should win that group, but you know we don't really know. It's you know people they should win that group, and which they they've not had any problems winning their groups. Um, Ajax, Napoli, um, um, Liverpool, and then there's another team, and Rangers who just qualified, which is very, very interesting. Um, if, like again, it's a group that Liverpool should win on paper, and it depends on if Liverpool's players who are currently out if they return. Because listen, if Liverpool have Thiago, Thiago Alcantara, um, um, this other guy, what's his name, Keita. Maybe even Navigator, even any of their young stars, uh, maybe Jones or or, um, um, or and Henderson back. Let's say Keita, um, Thiago Cantara and Henderson back. If they have those guys back, yes, they could. But the fact that these guys are out for a long time and they're really injured for a long, they're injured for a long time, could be a bit of a worry for them. Now, if they, if they play with the same midfield, then I mean it's gonna be very difficult. But I, I think they should have enough. But Napoli is not really an easy team, especially when you look at the fact that. Victor Osimhen is really coming into his own. He's coming into his own form right now, and it's looking like a real. It's looking like a real deal for for them. I don't really think it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be a walk in the park for for them. But 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 there's there's this heritage thing about Liverpool. Liverpool may have to find a way out. But then again, their front line is another thing to worry about. I don't really know. It's not really a given. It's gonna be interesting to see how that group and then Rangers. I'm looking out for Rangers, if they qualified, but it's very likely they're gonna be the whipping boys of the group. It's not it's not a diss, it's just fact. Because I mean, there is the then again, you know, I mean and okay, I, they may be I mean let me not call it facts, but they may end up being the whipping boys because I mean Liverpool, Napoli, Ajax clearly are all better than Rangers, right? If these guys play up, turn up onto their their magnum potential, Rangers probably get zero points. But then again, it's on the day, and what you give, what you give up, give out on the day, on the day of the match, is what is very, is what's most important. Yeah, and then there is the, there is the other, um, there is the other group here with um, Chelsea. 
Chelsea getting drawn, drawn in the same group with Dinamo Zagreb, um, AC Milan and Salzburg. Again, a group I expect Chelsea to win. If I'm being honest with you, I expect Chelsea to win this group. I mean, AC Milan might be the only um, tough game for them. The only tough fixture I would tough fixture for them. But the other games, you know, AC Milan, Salzburg and AC Milan and Salzburg are not really fixtures. No, sorry, Salzburg and Zagreb are not really features I expect Chelsea to really struggle struggle in. Oh yeah, and the other team in the Manchester's group is Sevilla, I just remembered. It's not really the team I expect um, Chelsea to, to, to struggle in. But, 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 you know, it, it is what it is, it's football. What John Reno has going to happen. And then the last group, there's one group I want to talk about here, which I can't really leave without talking about this group, right? It's the Man City, sorry, Barcelona's group is very interesting, right? So they're joining the same group as, re, sorry, Bayern Munich again <laughs> Inter Milan and Pizan. Now Pretoria Pizan is easily gonna, yeah on paper they're gonna be open, but I think every Champions League draw we always get these kind of groups where there are three very strong teams and there's one team who is just you know like gonna be the whipping boys in the group, right? And it's 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 very likely gonna be Pizan. So check this out. Bansi, sorry, Barcelona are playing against Bayern Munich for the umpteenth time at this moment. I mean, I can't remember how many times. They played against Bayern Munich. I think the last time I remember Bayern Munich losing to Barcelona was 2015 when Barcelona won the Champions League. That was the famous um, Messi versus Boateng meme where Messi did that cut and Boateng fell and Messi scored. That MSN year. That was the last time. But since then, it has been very one-sided. It's very one-sided fixture. So there was the 2013... Five, was it five? There was three... There was... There was how many... Bayern Munich, I think it was seven nil home and away. On aggregates back in 2013, the year Bayern Munich won the Champions League, and then there was 2018. Was it 2018 or no, 2020? It was 2020. It was 8-2. And then there's been like that. You know, there was another year when the Bayern Munich absolutely destroyed them. I think it was a period when Barcelona, Bayern Munich won the first, and Bayern Munich was like, listen, we have to make sure they do not have a chance. They do not have any hope of coming. <laughs> They didn't have any hope of they, they, we have to eliminate every hope. That was I think it was Muller's word. Any hope of them coming back, any hope of a miracle, we have to eliminate it. You know, that's how serious it is. And I imagine Muller's face, Thomas Muller's face, the smile on his face when he saw that draw. I mean, everybody just laughed. It was that kind of thing. And then there is uh, Inter Milan. To be fair, to be fair, the likelihood of Barcelona progressing in that group, right? No, obviously, I don't think they're going to win the group. I mean, it's Bayern Munich. I don't think they're going to win the group. I mean, the, the version of Bayern Munich they're meeting now is completely different. Yes, there's Lewandowski there, but Barcelona may have enough to just finish second and may not even end up winning the group. They may have enough to finish second. Then you will look at uh, the other team there, Pleasant. Yeah, they won't win. But Inter Milan, why Inter Milan may end up in the Europa League, not like Inter Milan are bad. It's just that, you know, I don't really know. Yeah, it may not really be as. Okay, see. I don't think I, I don't think I can call this. I think for the second spot, I think it's like you know Barcelona and Inter Milan. They're really gonna fight it out. I think in that Barcelona versus Inter Milan, that is a match that will decide. You know, the head-to-head between both of them is what will decide who will like in second. If any of them win each other, beat each other, I think that's one who's like gonna win. End up getting second in that group. But it's a really really beautiful group. I'm gonna, I mean, everybody's gonna look out for it. I mean, Bayern Munich versus Barcelona is more I wanna watch out for. Not not because I mean the the memes are gonna be over for <laughs> sure. It means they're going to be very, very good to watch, to see. And um, expecting Bayern Munich to put on a show and annihilate Barcelona again, it's one of the, it's one thing that we'll say, oh yeah, <laughs> kind of expected this to happen. But yeah, it's going to be very fun. I'm, I'm very sure. And the journalists, you know, they're very, very, they're very, 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 very cunning and very funny. They're very funny with these things. Obviously, they're going to meet Müller and ask him about, uh, they're going to ask Thomas Müller, 
make it comments, you know, and they're gonna ask Barcelona. I mean, there's already a story around this game already. <laughs> it's very funny. There's already a story around this game already. It's gonna be very interesting to watch. But yeah. Yeah, so that's my, my take on the, the draw. So we're gonna be having we're gonna talk about yeah, so I'm gonna take on Champions League draw. And then um, good luck to everybody. And then uh, obviously uh, good luck to sports most especially. I mean <laughs> for obvious reasons, right? I mean I obviously I want sports to win that group and you know, just good luck to sports. Now let's talk about the Carabao Cup with sports. So we got we got drawn with um Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest on the 8th of November, Nottingham Forest, which is, which is very interesting because sports are playing Nottingham Forest this Sunday and Nottingham Forest on the 8th of November, so it's very interesting. Now, it's a very favorable draw because I remember 20, was it 2014? The last time sports were in the Carabao Cup final, but not the last time though, the last time it was 2021 against when they knocked out the semi-final with Brentford though, but before that one, in 2015, 2014-15 season, when they, when, when, when they reached the final of that Carabao Cup, eventually losing to Chelsea, um, the first Nottingham Forest, one of the fixtures, which Nottingham Forest were leading. I remember that game like yesterday. Nottingham Forest were leading one 0 and then Spurs equalised with Ryan Mason coming off the bench, scoring that goal that sort of turned the game around. And Spurs ended up winning three. I think Townsend scored. Spurs won that game three one. Basically won that game. I don't know if they won, ended up winning that game three one. Very good result for Spurs. Now fast forward to now Spurs are playing against Nottingham Forest now. Nottingham Forest now Nottingham Forest on Sunday too, which. Um, one of you wants to do the Q2 bed. We'll talk about that game at the same time and talk about this one. Position one. Um, I expect obviously we expect supposed to win. Put at the. I think whichever we'll just put at the good side and try and win that fixture. Now, depending on the amount of games that we're going on at that period, and the amount of um fixture congestion because obviously it's November and you already know the World Cup is December, so the fixture congestions will be really, 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 you know, <clears throat> really packed around that period because it's December, November, and. So it's the squad really be stretched. So I, ex- I hope sports. This is why it's transfer market. We expect. I hope sports really do a lot more business and really try and get in more players, because um, it's really gonna be very interesting to see how the, the they manage things, they handle things. But yeah, and then with with um with um the game coming up on Sunday, now it's gonna be interesting because I have some questions that need to be answered, and I think that game will answer my questions for sports with sports. The questions I have of sports will answer. So the first the three games we've played, we play against Nottingham. The first game Southampton. Second game against Chelsea and third game against Wolverhampton. Now in those games, the only game I, the game I would say suppose were convincing from well, let's say start to finish or um let's say first half and second half because I, I won't say start to finish. The first this game against the game against Southampton in the first half it was one go down. It went one go down and they were not very really good in the first 20 minutes and then after like 20 minutes before they came back after suddenly equalized and scored after suddenly scored the first goal sports equalized and entered the game fully right so sports entered the game early on time against chelsea sports were dominated from start to finish yes they defended okay and you know chelsea reduced chelsea to a just didn't really a lot of clear cut chances they reduced chelsea to a lot of really really low a lot of half chance you know not really very clear cut only a handful that you know you probably remember off the back of my head in that particular game However, you know, Spurs found a way and they drew that game. Now, the game against Wolves, Spurs were very poor in the first half. And the second half were very better. So, I want to see a game where Spurs dominate from start to finish. And Nottingham Forest, if it's a way, you just respect your opponent, you know. You can't go to anybody's guns and expect. But, however, it is 
you are the bigger team, you are expected to impose yourself on your opponent and let them know that listen, they just got promoted. No offense to them, you just got promoted and you're the better squad, more expensive, you have better players. So normally you should be winning these games. You should be dominating and exerting yourself in these games. And then I'm expecting so going against nothing going on for it, I think you answer some questions for me. Because the Wolves games were very poor. Whatever reason, I don't know. It's not, and I, I won't really say it was down to tactics. It was more of players, where they played that day. Because they, they played like they they woke them up and said, come play football today. That was how they played that last Saturday as early kickoff. On Sunday, I expect a completely different, you know, version of sports. I expect them to play better. I expect them to get out of the blocks quickly. I expect them to be really I'm not going to... And there's this raging debate currently going on with whether you should drop Kane and you should drop whether you should drop Son or Son and play with Charlison of the from the start, you know, because of that. And this is the thing. Remember, I want to say this to that, to that right. Um, in the last few years, or in the last since Son joined, Son obviously fantastic player, class for sports, he's really done well whenever he has played. But every sports fan knows that Son has barring moment everybody knows that it's an open secret now the, the only thing is maybe other fans may not really know other fans may know but they may not really talk about it a lot but obviously and son the way son is like he has his good barring moment and then when he's on that golden moment he can really go and this scoring streak where he's just scoring 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 sco- that's how son is like right it's like this is very likely his barring moment and it's not a diss when people say we want Richardson to start well there's a reason I, I, personally, I want to try to start in this game because Son in the first three games hasn't looked himself. I would like Son to come off the bench in that game <coughs> against Nottingham Forest, you know, because it's looking like those barren runs for Son. It's looking like that that moment again where he's playing and he's not really, it's you know, the, it's not really he hasn't really gotten into the game yet. And I understand that it's not really his fault. It's not it's a footballer. It's normal. It's, you know, it's 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 not his fault. There are two different factors here. He's been targeted a lot more. Because I mean, if you win the golden boot, like you know, there's this saying, right? Winning, winning the first time is not really, it's, it's not really, it's not as difficult. Winning is difficult though, but not as difficult as winning the second time. And that's where it's very much more difficult because now it's much more difficult because everybody's more, everybody's focused on you now. So you, you, winning that golden boot came with a lot of things. Yes, there's a lot of accolades, but you're like, okay, we see you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're gonna focus on you and Kane, <laughs> you know. So, and I would argue that. Maybe Son not being free, Son being focused on sort of freed Kenny beat. Because, um, I would say, yeah, obviously, Kane drops deep and finds space. Obviously, that's a different reason there. But people are, people are focusing on Son, so maybe that's why Kulusevsky is sort of having a lot, having, having you know, chances, creating chances. Kulusevsky is looking, looking really good. Maybe that's why, because obviously, they're focusing on Son. And I've noticed that you know, people are like, okay, Son is with the boy, everybody's paying attention, you know, let's try and you know, nullify him and stop him. But Richarlison, when he came on that game, he's, he's new, he's different, right? He came against Wolves. He came on. Just that is 20 minute cameo. Obviously, maybe he may have scored, you know, but the cameo was gave hope. Like, okay, yes, this guy looks like the real deal. It's very one where he not make the, the Wolves player from the left and then he cuts in, he ran. Sure, he should have scored. And it's on that one when he did a quick and then he shot with that side of his foot, went wide a bit. But there was glimpses that, listen, this guy starts, maybe, he, you know, he might. So my point is, over the years, when Son has had this moment, we haven't really had anybody to really come in and say, okay, um, while Son is out, he hasn't scored, he's going to score for we need, we need goals. So most of the time, we've ended up having to just hope for him to come back to that his form and then he will play through those games. So sometimes sports may end up drawing the game, sports may end up you know, losing the game sometimes. But now we have the option on the bench, we have the option to come in. Now we have the option. If we have the option, why not utilize it? You know, it's not a diss to Son. It's just 
I think he's been targeted. And I think Richard, if Richardson starts, Son needs to get going, right? Richardson starting could make Son okay. Apart from the fact that it makes him say, okay, there's competition for my spot. It makes it could also prepare. It could be like okay, it could be like this, right? Richardson plays, and then everybody's focuses on Richardson, and then Richardson has made sure he has worn them down. You played, and you they focus so much, and then Son steps in. And it's lot. Well, he's, he's facing a lot more tired defense that may not really be as little focused. I think one goal, so he can have a chance to come on and actually score. You're, you're facing a more tired defense who's not as laser focused as minute minute one. You know, so that's the that's where the, the for me that's why I think you know why why I think Richardson should probably start on the left in that game. Yes, there's a kid and some balance. Although you know, Son could play through this, and there's also the the factor of Son starting the game anyways. And having to play through this, and then Richardson coming on in the second half. So any of the two is fine for me. I don't really, don't really think, I don't really think it's it's an issue for me. Then again, sports, you know, with the with the um, transfer business also, I, I hope sports really get some some things right. You know, again with the links to, uh, listen, you know, with the Alice Goods um, listen recently, I was hearing quotes. About, okay, before I talk about this, but let me just quickly finish finish talking about the team. So, right wing back. That's another question we're going to be answering again. Hopefully, Dohead is back. Hopefully, Dohead is back. And the left wing back spot against Nottingham Forest. That listen, if you are, if you have an FP, if you are FPL, if you have any sports wing back, especially left wing back, if you have that in your FPL. In fact, uh, in fact, listen. Whenever you are making your selections, you have to be praying to God. <laughs> That the one you select is the one to pick because it's gonna be mass rotation in that on that in that position. It's gonna be a lot of rotation in that position, a lot of rotation in that position. I'm talking rotating, rotating, rotating. Because now Paris is starting the game against Wolves. It's very likely he won't start the game against Nottingham Forest, and it's gonna be Sessegnon who's gonna start that game against Nottingham Forest. Very likely with Sessegnon, right? Could be Paris. Even me, I don't even know who's gonna start left wing back. Now right wing back is the one that you know is a bit settled at the moment it's likely going to be emerson but if doherty is fit doherty i don't think he's fit yet because if you watch a lot of contest press conference where he talks about doherty it's very obvious that doherty is likely his first choice for right wing back for right wing back if doherty is fit is he fit yet we don't really know yet now that's why that one i don't really know who's going to be the right wing back in that in that particular game now in the midfield duo well um we have hoiberg and Hoiberg and um, this guy, and then Bentacor. Obviously, Bentacor was poor in the first half, but the second half he entered the game. I've, 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 I've discussed it with somebody. Somebody, a sports fan also said this. He said like, a sports fan also said this. A sports fan said this. Rather, you know, Bentacor is like Berbatov in midfield, but with a lot more work to work with, which is try watch and he's right. You know, if you watch Bentacor in midfield, if you watch Bentacor in midfield, right, he plays like it's so easy. It's you know, it's um. It's so easy. He plays like, you know, like if you remember Bentacore in first, doing his first touch, it's this. But there's a lot more work created with Bentacore, right? He's able to get stuck in, slide into tackles. Um, he's not afraid to really do those tackles, right? He's also strong, really. As the way he plays the ball, it makes it look so easy. It makes you makes you think that you can actually do what he's doing, and that's for me. That's what, what makes Bentacore really good. But those moments with Bentacore, I just hope it because like, obviously, it takes time on the ball. And then the slow start is an issue. Trying the first, the first half against the game against Chelsea, first half obviously entered the game in luck. Then the game against Wolves also in the first half it was really quite poor. But the game against Atlanta was very good. But that's what I'm saying. 
obviously it might I mean, Ben Besuma, we don't know, but that is the competition for his sport. Besuma is, is his competition, and you know, as time go on, it might be both of them end up playing. But the way it's looking like, I think it's Besuma, Besuma, um, Bentecourt, and um, Hoybier skip, and it could be any of the three of them on the pitch. It could be any of them. That's where I think that score is likely going to be. But we'll see. We'll see how that. But I think I expect the same midfield duo between midfield duo. The game, the game against Wolves, I expect the same midfield duo. And the back three. I think if Romero comes back, but Romero is saying his feet, the clearing his feet, which is very funny. I mean, I'm not surprised. I was watching Alex the Gold's um, YouTube and he was talking about how you know, Romero was like, I think when Alex the Gold said he reported what the medical team told him, three to four weeks, right? And then, um, then um, Romero's camp obviously reports on the completing report, basically, right? So Romero wants to play. Right, he's like, listen, I want to play. I feel good. I want to play. And maybe the, the owner is like, listen, we don't want to risk you, right? So I don't know if it's gonna be Sanchez again or it's gonna be uh, Romero this time, because he's declared himself fit. I mean, everywhere <laughs> he has declared himself fit. The guy wants to play, you know. And there's the element of, you know, are you gonna to listen to the player? You're gonna to listen to the player. He said he feels good. He feels ready. Or the medical team. Medical team says three to four weeks. Maybe they're trying to play on the safer side. And he himself is saying, listen, I feel good. I feel, I feel energized. I feel like I can play. We will see which one Conte decides on Sunday, though. We'll see. But obviously, I mean, if you ask every sport, like, listen, what Romero? Because, I mean, the Wolves game, the game, Romero and Dyer, sorry, Sanchez and Dyer, there's a bit of um, issue with that partnership on that side of the defense. There's a bit of weakness. I mean, watch, I watched, like, a compilation. Obviously, watch the whole game, I saw, I saw a lot of issues there. But if, if you look beyond, if you look at it, there's a compilation even of the game that sort of confirmed what I was saying. About how Sanchez was not very good, was okay, but was not very good. And with better opponent and better defending, you know, Sanchez may end up struggling. So I don't want people to say I would prefer Romero to start. If Romero, if the, if the if the claw, if the manager says, okay, listen, I think Romero is good enough to play, fine. Romero starts the game for me. And obviously, the back the back three basically picks itself. If Romero is fit, picks itself, and then goalkeeper. And I hope again, I hope Doherty is, is starts. Doherty starts. Spence, I hope Spence starts. Honestly, I hope either of Doherty or Spence starts. I mean, I understand uh, Richard is, sorry, Emerson has looked really good. He has played really well. Offensively is his problem. Defensively, he has looked really good for sports, especially that right wing back spot. But offensively is the issue. And if Doherty is back, I'm excellent. If Doherty returns, I'm sure that those wing back spots, you'll be really, you will see a clear difference. You know, in the way the, the offensive, and I was, and also, there's another thing I was watching. The only minute I watched Conte's and tactical, um, there's a bit of there's a bit in the sports YouTube channel, there's a bit of interviews in him and Hag, Hagrid or when Hagrid interviewed him, and I was talking about his tactics and his wing backs and how he preferred the wing backs to have experience as wingers. Or if somebody has played as a winger before, playing as a wing back, you know, there's a way he wants his wing backs to play the way he wants his wingers to play. So, look at the way Doherty plays. And it's not a surprise that I mean, and Doherty played a lot of games on that country last season before he got injured. So the right, right, right and left wing, play right from back, but right wing back is very likely where he was going to see a lot of Doherty. But yeah, that's that's for me. That's my take on the whole thing for me. Let's talk about transfers quickly before we. Let's talk about transfers quickly. So with sports, um, back to what I was talking about. So um, the right, right, so sports are obviously um, after Antonio Conte's interview um, press conference on Sunday. On Saturday, rather, he was talking about you know, listen, it's supposed with um, Brian Hill, Jafet Sanganga potentially leaving. He's listen, listen, if we are going to lose these guys, we need somebody to come in for these two guys, which is makes a lot of sense. Spurs are losing one homegrown spot and another foreign spot, right? So, losing one, 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 so ideally, 
you would expect Spurs to bring in to maybe a homegrown sport, a homegrown player, and a foreign player, like for like, or you're gonna expect Spurs to bring in maybe you know. But listen, for defense, personally, I would want like for me, I want Spurs to bring in good players. Now Manilowski is the one that Spurs have been linked with, and it does make a lot of sense. If you look at the fact, look at Spurs being linked with Zaniolo earlier. Before Zaniolo unfortunately got injured. Before Bruma said we're not going to sell, and then Zanelli unfortunately got injured too, but that's a whole different conversation entirely. Manilowski is another one, right? And I think a lot of people talking about sports getting this year, attacking midfielder, attacking midfielder. The sports, I don't think sports don't play with attacking midfielder. Sports plays play with two number 10s behind the striker, right? Which is Son, Kulisevsky, Son. And the way they play, Kulisevsky 10. I think if you watch, if I watch seen sports, obviously they're meant to come in deep, bring the ball out. It's the way they play, right? And then Kulusevski having a low, the way I see Kulusevski play and the way Son plays, the way the two of them play, it's sort of, I, I don't know if I would say it's, very, it's quite different from each other. I don't know if it's the responsibilities they, they adopt on the pitch. I don't know if that's the reason. If it's, because Conte also said, making the better of the player, the better of the player's potential, right? I'm not saying exactly what he said it though, but I'm going to watch and watch. He was talking about how extracting the best qualities from the player. So maybe that's what is the reason why we see Kulusevski and Son having different responsibilities on the pitch. Maybe that's why. But for me, for that, that look at Kulusevski, I think Manilovski is somebody who would really fit on the right of that front three as a competition for Kulusevski's position. Now, sports are saying because of his age, they're not going to offer that length of contract to a player of his age. I'm like, come on. I mean, they want to offer a loan without to buy. That makes no sense. I mean, he has one year left on his contract. Even sports are not going to accept that kind of deal. If he has one year left on his contract, and they want a straight and they want a straight transfer. It makes a lot of sense. I'm looking at the fee that is is being called for for Manilowski. I would I think that's really really fine. I think that's okay if you ask me. But again, it's it's sports again with all this there. <laughs> it is sports again with their usual you know time wasting tactics. I don't know which is gonna be. And then the links I've seen, I don't like them. I won't lie. I do not like those links at all. I'm seeing Jack Harrison. I'm seeing. Um, um Daniel James. I'm seeing Adama Chaori and I'm seeing Alice Maximin. Now Alice Maximin, fine, he has he looked really good for Newcastle so far. But end product has always been my issue my with um, Maximin. Dribbling everything, yes, but end product obviously it was very good. I think he assisted the goal for um Callum Wilson on Saturday, on Sunday rather for Man City in one of in that Callum Wilson's goal. He looked really good in that game. So maybe he's finding his feet. But I don't really know. I, I'm not really very convinced you know if you ask me i'm not very 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 you know very convinced about about that link i would want somebody who's ready now let's wait for that person and if you look at maximum maximum plays on the left doesn't be on the right so playing on the left what's the point of saying somebody can play on the left then because there's son there there's with charlison already so what's the point of somebody who can play on the left when and maximum is not something i can see you play on the right i've not seen as if i've not seen him be as effective as he is on the left on the right and that's where i have an issue with that that transfer. then with Harrison, I mean, you know, it's not really. And then looking at the fact that Leeds value him at 60 million pounds, I mean, listen, that's overspending. I mean, there's no point. What is the point of doing that? Just close your eyes and just get Malinowski instead if you're going to be doing that. And then Adama Chari is another one. I mean, my thoughts on Adama hell no, nah, no way. If that's we, nah, don't, don't even think about it. If you want to bring as a right, what's the point? Because see, Conte is even trying to retaliate uh, Mora's right wing back. I'm sorry, man. Don't do that. I'm tired of that. Don't do that. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna have like four wing backs now. You know, it's not really good. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna support that. Dan James, I'm not gonna support Dan James either. To transfer him either. Yes, you know, watching that again. Yes, Conte said you like his wing backs as former wingers. 
sorry man I, i'm not really i'm not really 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 in that i'm not really supporting that i would want us to get like for like you know losing brian hill you know you're gonna get in somebody like malinovsky in. i really support that malinovsky transfer then or even if you're gonna if you say you want homegrown get madison then just get madison if you want if you want homegrown player just get madison james madison instead that way you can quite and for that fee leicester would i mean that would be something that they could potentially accept depends whether i think they could potentially accept that's just my take for me i, I don't know do you, maybe it's part of just spinning plate again because i remember in january before sports signed bentaco bentaco and Kulisesi came from came out of nowhere before sports signed bentaco and signed Kulisesi, there was links with adama cherry there was links with um this guy this midfielder is a moroccan midfielder forgotten his name forgetting his name Moroccan, it was at the Afghan at the time, so there was that link that was very strong. And then Bentaco and Kulusevski came out of nowhere. So I hope that is what they are doing this time. I really hope. Fingers crossed. Because I don't want to rant. I don't want to get I don't want to get any funny funny transfers. I, I don't want to. Yeah, but that's just my take on the on the whole thing though. But yeah. And then another thing I want to take again. So people always make fun of people always say if Conte wants this player, I want the player too. I'm sorry, man, but you you even I don't really support people making fun of people like that because making fun of that statement because if let's be honest i remember conti actually signing david Luiz at chelsea i remember him signing alonso at chelsea and most people who watch alonso at fiorentina sorry at um sunderland would really make fun of that i made fun of it even louis i made fun of it but looking at how chelsea turned out that season well you know you can't really argue that listen conti was right in the long run so Again, that comment makes a lot of sense. If Conte wants to play, then I think that's what you might be angry at the transfer. I, like, I could be angry at the transfer, like I said. But if somebody says that makes that, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with that statement. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. In my opinion, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But it is what it is. But yeah, that's it. So I think that's where I have to end up stop talking about this and let's talk about the big story. Now, the big story is going to be Dele Ali. I'm going to talk about Dele Ali, and um, in the big story segment. So, without further ado, let's dive into that part. So our big story today is Dele Ali. Now um, I remember twenty was it 2016? no twenty fifteen. I remember very well twenty fifteen January. There was this young player who was an, who was an MK Dons. MK Dons. In fact, in that particular season, that was Louis Van Gaal's season. Month prior to January 20, 2014, in twenty fourteen Louis Van Gaal's season, Man United played against MK Dons. In, in the FA Cup, in the community, sh- in sorry, Carabao Cup. At the time, it was um, it was a what was the trophy then? It, was Car- it wasn't Carabao Cup then. It was um, Capital One Cup at the time. MK Dons won wins the game four 0 Daily Ali was fantastic in that game. He played in that game. I think he won four 0 They had Benicaphobia at the time. Benicaphobia was at MK Dons at the time, so they won four 0 Now the, there was already hype around Daily Ali already. I think it was sixteen at the time. There was already hype around Daily Ali. January. January there was links with Aston Villa. Now there were links already. There was hype already around. Everybody was already making saying, "Listen, this is the next guy up. League One dominating League One already. This is the next kid up." Then, um, January, most of the big obviously they just watched, but Newcastle, Everton were closed. But then Spurs were the ones who secured the services. Signed him in January for five million pounds and returned and um, did a loan back and loaned him back to MK Dons for the rest of the season. Already, he was already having a good season, right? At that level. And then, Dele Ali was fantastic. You know, he ended up winning the, I think, was player of the year that season. I think he won promotion with MK Dons. So, he was fantastic. And as a 16-year-old, which was fantastic. I mean, was really good in that season. 
then in this in that summer he joined Spurs, and then in the first game against Leicester, Elliot scored header. He scored a header. It was a one-one draw. That was the season Leicester won the league. He scored a, he scored a header. Season Leicester won the league. In that season, he just broke through. Was scoring and scoring. And he ended up winning the Young Player of the Year in that 15-16 season. Since I was in season, Sports Finish Second, he won the Young Player of the Year award in that season. So, where did it all go wrong? And that's where we have any questions coming. Because even while he was on the trajectory, he was making a team of the season. I think three years. England Caps. Went to the World Cup with England. In fact, part of the starting level, part of the team that got to the semi-finals, ended up uh, obviously getting fought, coming back home, and, coming back, ended up finishing fourth in the World Cup. So, it was part of that team. Champions League final 2019. You know, Daniel had it all. In fact, the world had his feet. In fact, I would say it started to go wrong. It started going wrong in 2018. 2018 ending slash 2019. Because why would say 2018 ending was? I don't even know if it's around the period where he changed his management. But there was a lot of things going wrong at the time. He started for the, the, the way he started playing was declining. Now, there was there's a bit of some some people say, and I, I think I belong to this camp that says, listen, at the time when he was playing, there was this style he played, right? So Spot played in the so he played uh, th- style he played behind Hurricane and Ericsson would play on the right and you would have um so it was three four one two or four two three one, he would behind Kane and then on the left, the right, so basically the formation so he was like a second striker. Yeah, he would arrive in the box late and Ericsson used to find he used to make runs and Ericsson used to find those runs. Twenty eighteen and the JW was still making those runs. Twenty nineteen those those deformed the drop the drop began be, became started becoming a little more evident that listen, this guy is declining. And it's is it really it's not it's not really a surprise that around that period was when Ericsson's form was dropping. Ericsson was dropping. Ericsson wasn't really playing as well as he was. I don't know if it's his head at turn, he was just tired, just when he changed the environment, he wanted to go to Inter Milan. But around that period, a lot of daily early struggles were really growing evident when Ericsson started declining. Because Spurs had a team where they had Wanyama and Dembele, they had a solid back. So Dele had like this foundation to be able to do what he had to do. So he, he never really had to do a lot of creativity or other stuff. It was more of a different role than, I mean, that. So it's it's sad that you know the decline just became evident. Now 2019, I remember, and you know when you have this kind of ability and you have this kind of form and everything, you start having stands on Twitter, probably your fans, and they'll keep talking about how he was this. I even when a lot of fans, uh, and, for, and unfortunately, I was among uh, for now, fortunately rather, I was saying, listen, I would hope he comes back to his normal because I could see that he's not the same, but I'm hoping that he gets back to his normal self. In 2019, around that period, Pochettino had that poor run, Champions League final, and then the league form was very bad. Pochettino ended up getting sacked, right? In November, is it November? I think November. In November of 2019, I remember very well, Pochettino gets sacked, Mourinho, take, Mourinho takes over as manager, and Mourinho, in the first game against West Ham, Mourinho's interview, Mourinho was asked, you know, what do you think? And all that. Mourinho was like, listen, Dele Ali is good. We have to. I asked him, are you Dele's brother? Are you Dele Ali or Dele's brother? You know, <laughs> people laughed about it. And then he, the game against West Ham, he was fantastic. And he won the of the match. I mean, there was this, uh, it was supposed to be a corner kick. Yeah, he did like, you know, I, can't, I don't know how to describe his skill though. Where he passed it to Son and Son crossed it and then scored Dele Ali. I think he assisted in that game. Dele was very good in that game. He was the man, I think it was the man of the match, if I'm not mistaken. Then Mourinho was asked about. Mourinho was like, listen, he's too good. Mourinho was you know, talking about him in glowing terms. They only had that run. That game, Spurs won 3-2. Spurs against, against Bournemouth. He scored 2 against Bournemouth. So, they only was already, you know, playing. Then there was even... 
Then in December, again, it's still going to be scored against Bournemouth, Brighton, Sports 1 2 1. Then in January 2020, in the FA Cup 2, there was the FA Cup run where he came off the bench against Southampton. He dropped the did a fantastic pass for Son. You know, he looked like he was coming back to his best against Mourinho. Then he declined again. Then Dele's brother came back again. Dele's brother came back again. A lot of fans are complete. People are like, now this is where we have an issue. I had an issue, right? A lot of fans were blaming Mourinho that Mourinho was the reason. Mourinho is socializing. And Mourinho, I think Mourinho tried different different things to bring this guy back to his best, right? Mourinho ended up dropping him. Like, listen, this guy isn't playing well. Mourinho ended up dropping him. Fans were like, oh, he has dropped um that he has dropped him. Oh, how dare he? He's dropped Mourinho. He's he's ruined his career. Da, 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 da. You know, the usual talk. And this was, and you know, it was usual. Oh, yeah, he's ruined his career. Da, 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 da. You know, the usual lazy talk from football fans, which I felt was very, very weird and unfair. And then, you know, they are listed like just for another season. Now, 2020-21 season starts. I remember in this in that summer there was links with Dele Ali to Manchester United as a swap for DC Lingard. Fans were like, "Oh my God, no, no way!" Now, this, I'm, now on that, ironically, Lingard Dele Ali had a poor season. Lingard never had any better season than Dele Ali because Lingard joined West Ham in January and Lingard went on and helped West Ham finish. Is it, is it sixth? End up finishing Europa League spots for West Ham and West Ham ended up finishing sixth and they did well in that season. Something better than Dele Ali. Scored, I think he scored more goals than Dele Ali and he, so he was instrumental to West Ham finishing sixth in that season. Now, they end there. Back to what I'm back to the summer. So, so and did I end up staying? Now, Moreno had this team where he had he was able to get 4 to 3 1, and Dombele was playing as a number 10. Dombele was playing well already at the time. This is not about Dombele though, but um, we're talking about Dele Ali now, so let's leave Dombele in this out of this. Dombele finds a way in this story though, but Dele Ali is somebody who um, it just had no, there was just a position on the Dele was playing, and then number 10. I was watching, Dombele was playing well. Dombele was playing well, he was doing well. Sports ended up winning the game 6 1 against Manchester United away. I was watching YouTube. I was watching. Uh, I watched it on YouTube. I, was, I checked out this, this. And there was the hatred for Mourinho already, though. But a lot of fans just blind their eyes. Why is Dele Ali not playing? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, this guy. And they said Mourinho was throwing the guy under the bus. I was like, you are not. You can't tell me this nonsense. You can't. Are you kidding me? This man has tried everything about Dele Ali. He has tried to wrap his arm around Dele Ali and, you know, talk about Dele Ali in good terms. It hasn't worked. He's trying to tra- to trim on the bench, trying to get a reaction. It is not working. You know, nothing is working for this guy. People are trying to blame the manager. And I remember very well when Moreno joined, Graham Souness. I watched that pre-match, um, pre-match um, analysis that day before the match. Graham Souness and, and the guy never talked about Dele Ali's drop in form. They talked about that he has to find himself. He has to find his way back. They talked about it. So it's not like it's a it's a Mourinho, it was a Mourinho thing. So fast forward now back back to the game that game. Oh why isn't Dele Ali playing? Dele Ali should be playing. Da, 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 why isn't he playing? I'm like the team is supposed to top of the league at that time. People are talking, people are talking, why I'm worried about Dele Ali not playing. Are you kidding me? You know supposed to top of the league. Dele Ali is not playing. The team is working at the moment. If the team is working, that's what's most important. And so. Now, finally, Spurs ended up, you know, obviously, didn't sustain the run. More of the, more of the defense, the reason was obviously defense couldn't hold on to the top spot in the league. But that's a whole different conversation again for a whole different, different time and place. January, Dele Alli is linked with PSG because Mourinho clearly dropped him for a long time and it wasn't working. And even prior to him being linked with PSG, 
um Ali was on I remember the training clips of Dele Ali being back in training. Fans were like, oh Dele Ali is back in training. And in that video, Dele Ali ends up losing the ball, which is exactly what Mourinho complained about. Because he would lose the ball in key positions and then there'll be turnovers and then sports will end up conceding for it. And that's where the issues came with Dele Ali. And this is not even a new thing because a lot of fans saw this because and again you would say would you say it was his fault? Because the way he was playing under Pochettino, he never had to do that, right? It was a different role entirely. Yeah, he was making runs, Ericsson would find him and then he would arrive late in the box and he would score. You know, headers, you know, that was Dele Ali's style prior to, to that, right? That was Dele Ali's style. That was his style under Marine, under Pochettino. So he never really had to do all of all those as much as it was being expected of him in that moment. So they dropped him. Fans were like, oh, oh Dele Ali should be playing. There was no evidence, no logical reason why, but Dele Ali should be playing. Why? Because that old pull-out starts from 2018. I was like, no, what about now? What about now? Now is the most important thing. He can't help the team now. Anyways, fast forward to, back to, back to what I was talking about. And then in 20, 2018, sorry, 2020, 2020 was linked with PSG, 2020 generally linked with PSG for loan, straight loan, Pesno was still there. The move was blocked. I don't know why. I don't remember who blocked the move. It didn't work. And then he ended up staying. And then I was remember one IG live where he was saying, you know, touch your heart if you are if you are put, if you are Jose out, you know. And then I think he touched his heart in that like in the IG live, which was very weird. Now, for me. If you look at how, what has happened in the, in the last few years on, with Dele Ali, I personally think that it's more of his own camp, it's more of his own undoing, in my opinion, because if you really work hard and you really have to do what you have to do, because over the years, Mourinho has shown that if you actually play well and you do what you have to do on the pitch when required of it, you will definitely play. But fortunately for him, I don't know if he was relying on social media and the the the, the, the pressure from fans, because there was, there was always tra- people trying to link with it. Um, Paul Pogba and Marcus Rashford and mine which I think are very bad examples because as time moved on, Moreno was really proven right about those two players, those two individuals especially. Now back to Dele Alli. So now that didn't hold in the workout. Moreno gets sacked, um, Ryan Mason is back and he still wasn't even picking Dele Alli. That was even the funny thing. So it was already obvious that it was already, it was, was there already. Nuno Espirito Santo joins in 2021. Dele Ali starts playing in the midfield role. Now there's a 4-3-3. Dele Ali will play as an 8. It was Hoybeg, there was Dele Ali, and then there was, I think it was Ndombele. So it was 4-3-3. Dele Ali will play as an 8. Now you start seeing stats. I think it's called a penalty against Wolves. You start seeing stats of him running around, running around stats. I was like, I can watch the game, but I'm not really seeing any physical impact that he's actually making in these games that you guys keep pulling up the stats for. But people would always say, oh, he's playing. That was important for them. Fine. So there was that there was that element of that. Now I remember so now he ends up getting now sports ended up playing poorly eventually. Very poor form. Then fast forward Antonio Conte gets then no no gets sacked, Antonio Conte takes over. Conte starts trying trying out the, try tries different stats. That's the game against Liverpool when Sports drew two two. Sports drew two two in that game. They are played in that game. So Eventually, Conte tried, tried different style, tried playing, they tried, didn't work out. Eventually, Dele Ali got. And the only thing what I found different was every manager that always came in. They always asked me about Dele Ali. You know, you know, like, you know, you could do with the guy. So eventually, Dele Ali gets shipped off in January to Everton. And now Everton, the same story. It was very poor at Everton. It still wasn't good. Although I think the game against Crystal Palace, there was a game where they ended up winning three times. That was probably the game that even saved them. And help them staying up in the league. People were talking about Dele Ali playing well. Like, what about the other games where he just in the second half? I said, what about the other games where he didn't play well? You know what? What are they doing? 
So this is his stats again. Jay still hasn't looked good. Now eventually he has gone to Persiktas. Now in all of all this, whatever, what have we learned from all this, this long story? Um, in my opinion, Moreno, not in my opinion, I think everybody can say that Moreno was right all along. And the fans who actually saw it early were right all along. You know, and that's for me, it's where I think people need to understand and learn to accept that maybe managers are actually right. And you sitting on the armchair, you've never managed a team before, you don't really know anything, let's be real. You can only go off of what you've seen. The person who, manage, who plays, manages the player, watches him in training every week, every day, every week in, week out, or day in, day out. The person who watches, knows and picks the team that is best for the okay, occasion, not because of what you think. And, and that's for me. I imagine, I imagine how many times I had to really, had to evaluate, like I had to really watch you like this. Are you, really, are you really sure that you really know what you're saying? You know, we can watch Italy really not play well. And then the fact that I ran around for... 20, 90 minutes, everybody sort of suddenly assumed that he's a good player. <laughs> it was very weird to me. This is what it is for me, though. But now, well, that's what we've learned from this. Now, listen, with Dele Ali, it's proved that it can get ugly really quickly because everybody always references that Mourinho's Amazon um, distant, um, conversation between Dele Ali and Mourinho in that Amazon's All or Nothing documentary where it talked about, listen, you know your your career is look at me yesterday i was 20 now i'm 50 in my at the time i think it was 56 at the time now i'm 50, 50 something right your career you know do not waste, basically telling him not to waste his career i can't really say exactly what it is basically telling him not to waste his career take the, make the most of whatever he sees he didn't do it and then time moves on and then here he is you know and that is the thing i, I find it weird that a manager who has somebody who has a Mourinho was a person who managers who worked as a scout worked as an interpreter well, as a manager for years, so he has been in football for basically all his life, knows which player he is and isn't good, and he has known this, he has told you this exactly, and a lot of people are arguing, saying that he's treating him like Rashford, which Rashford, who is eventually what, now Rashford is a player who most people are saying, listen, you might end up like Dele Ali, because most fans have seen that you don't really know what you think, you know, that for me, it's where I, I and this is like where I think clubs should not really listen to fans, when fans, obviously fans can be right sometimes, but more often than not, fans are not right. I mean, if you look at, like I said, I think I said in my last episode, I said, one of my last episodes, I said, if you think about what the club has been wrong about, and think about what, it's, it's lesser than what fans have been wrong about. <laughs> you know, it's not, <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's sad though, it's sad, but, depends on how, if you, if you want to feel sorry, you can feel sorry, but I think a, a lot more had to do with him taking responsibility. It's a lot more to do with him. So, you, you might, you might be sad to watch, but I don't really think it's anybody else's fault, but his, because, then again, you know, it's up to you. Whatever your career turns, because he was won multiple times. There were multiple chances, multiple chances, multiple chances. Just didn't work out. Now you could say Dele has achieved everything he wants to achieve. If I'm being honest with you, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't have any silverware yet, though. But but if you ask me, I think in, the, in terms of football, living, if you don't, let's leave silverware first. Apart from silverware, right? If you look at it, he has sort of achieved what he want, what most people would achieve. Most people. Most people will never play football, right? He has true was more than what most people have actually. He's a millionaire already at a very young age, right? Playing in Champions League final, playing in the World Cup, which most footballers will never play in. Let's be real. Playing in the World Cup, reach the Champions League final, played in the Champions League, which most footballers will never play in, right? Um being in team of the year, you know, won awards, young players. He has basically done things most footballers will never do. So you could argue that Dele Ali has had quite, he has achieved what he wants to, maybe what, if that is what he wants to achieve, he could have done more with the talents and the, and the way he was talked about, he would have done more, because he played on the edge with the aggression, the way he, was, he, was, he always played, and that's probably what made him successful, 
it could be like it could have ended up being like that but that's that's just what we'll never know we'll never just we'll never know which version we're gonna see we just never know which version of daily Ali we're gonna get we did it cool off a bit i don't know but you, i think maybe this is what happens when you tell players to cool off some players playing on the edge maybe that's what makes them really good the fact that they play on the edge that's what makes them really really good that's what makes them who they are that what makes them really good they play on the edge you do when you look at that crystal i mean if was, again with the goals that they have scored also right i think it's got 18 goals in one season for as premier league player player right then you look at the 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 um the season where he scored that that goal against crystal palace right so Dele has really 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 had a very good career not i won't say very though he has had a good career more than what was there, but at the moment 20, going to Beshik at 26 it just spells wasted potential because at 26 we should be expecting the way he was going at 21 20 around that 19 that area that age the way he was going what we expected from Dele Ali, we expected Dele Ali who was going to you know be in you know in terms of being talked about let's say you're going to be talking about him in the same breath as I don't know the way you talk about Modric now the way you talk about Bill you know the way Dele was actually going at the time you know at 26 like okay fine because he was a 150 million pound player rated player at the time but didn't work out it's just it's just sad I think it's a lesson for most players to watch and see listen this is what happens when you don't really put in the work you need to put in and this is how you, you could potentially end up as if you do not put in the work you have to put in but that's just my my take on the whole thing though but yeah good luck to him at Besiktas and again there's he doesn't have a second chance maybe there he does I've never, I can't remember any player who went to Turkey and returned back to the top level I can't remember anyone I mean the, the players I can remember off the top of my head that went to Turkey and returned back didn't go to the top level still it was um, Stephen Corker played in Turkey I don't know if he's back in England at the moment though there's, there was uh, Aaron Lennon came out of the Premier League though, but played for Burnley didn't play at that top level again so I don't really know if he's on loan though I mean, you could come back to Everton and still, you might reach it. They might be an exception. We don't know, but maybe the change of maybe the whole But the, the announcements, I'll I also give you a talkation. Maybe he needs a place like that could make him feel loved and then he will just feel loved. Because clearly, the way they announced, the way the fans really celebrated him and took up to it, the way they were like excited. I was like, okay. I mean, the comments on his IG from Turkish fans, they were excited about him. So, hopefully. Um, again, I will hopefully he finds his feedback, and if that is what he needs for his career to come back and say, okay, I need to feel, I know I can play, but I need to feel loved. Maybe that's what he needs, and then maybe he can come back to England and really play and get his form back. But we'll see, though. But yeah, that's my take on the end of today's episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a nice weekend, and um, bye.